we need the village because sometimes I just need a nap. Fair. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kids ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome back to Christ in the Chaos. I'm Kathleen. And I'm Joel. And today we are talking about our village. And by that we mean the group of people that help us or are helping us raise our kids. Um, but before we get too much into the topic, we are going to start out with our family check-in. And why don't you go first? Hey, well, don't forget to check in with your spouse. Pause. Go check in with them right now. <laughs> This Use is an addition that Joel made to the podcast Use without asking me whether or not it was a valid in. thing to do. All right. I'm fine. <laughs> Let's see. Monday, I took off from work and stayed home with Dane. Who did not Who did not have the, fl- the who stomach bug. Who did not bug. throw up again. Yeah, he threw up one time in the morning. <laughs> and, and praise the Lord, that was it. Yeah. So he and I hung out, watched cartoons all day, and just were stayed in our pajamas and were sick. And that was fun in a sort of sick way. I'm feeling better now. So I guess I think my t- you I think you needed a legitimate sick day for yourself anyway. And it worked out be, well that Dane forced the issue. Yeah, my temperature would be elevated on account of I have a cold or maybe a flu or a flowed. A flowed. Or a you don't have coup. you don't have it's the flu and you don't have it because you would be like on the floor. Maybe I'm just tougher than you. How I don't get you the flu. Doing? I'm sorry, you've been sick like forty times this winter and I haven't. Um, I'm doing okay. Sick of you. I have spent a couple of days prioritizing the kids because of, um, Levi had a, uh, ear infection and Dane had a cold that ended up in one puking session and. Oh yeah. Um, I forgot all about poor Levi and his ear. Yeah. It's well, so we've just had like a couple of family days and then at work I've been prioritizing really big picture issues and really short term stuff, which means all of my long term, but very important things at work, like preparing for our vacation Bible school have, um, fallen by the wayside and the months and weeks keep creeping by and it's starting to give me the heebie-jeebies that I'm not going to be prepared for what I need to be prepared for, which is never the case, but it still is causing me a little bit of anxiety. So you need some prayers. Yeah, I do. And I just need, well, and I actually came up with a plan today. I called my sister. I'm going to get in contact with her nanny and I'm going to just build in an extra half day of work during the next few weeks so I can get caught up and then I should be fine. Perfect. Well, we should get to our topic then. Our topic today is our village, which means the people that we have that help us are raising our kids, who they are, and why it's important to have a village. Oh, like the saying, it takes a village. I got gotcha. you. I'm with you. Are you? Because you have an outline of the whole podcast, so I'm glad you're with me. Okay, so... um. The first thing I wanted to do to kind of give perspective of where we're coming from is describe what our situation is. Uh, Joel works full time and I <laughs> I work 25 hours a week now with almost exactly the number of hours of childcare help um, that I work, which has not always been the case. When the kids were babies, they were with me all of the time. Which was a blessing oh, and... and uh... 
hardship. Yeah. So it was, it was wonderful to be able to have my babies up until six months with me. Um, but I mean, I've had them. I started to get help from my mom and from, um, our cassette, our, our pseudo grandma, um, church grandma, church grandma at, um, about six months with both kids. And so they took, my mom takes them for five hours. Cassette takes them for, at sometimes it's been closer to three. Now it's closer to four um, hour blocks. And now both kids are in preschool. But there was a significant amount of time where um, the boy, like until our boys were two and a half, where I only had nine hours. Well, that's not true because on Sundays, they were not under my responsibility. Joel always had them on Sundays. Um, so really, I had th- 14 hours of childcare or um, somebody else was responsible for the boys for 25 hours of work. And the other rest of the time I was working with them in the room. And that was, I, I cannot describe the life changing, like preschool for me for with both kids was, oh, I, it's so good. But anyways, it's so, so good. that's our situation um, is you work a little less than full time. No, I work 25, which is really a little bit more than half time. But you build 25. You work more than that. Well, I. I well, but anyway, no, the other thing is. Um, so the other thing that I think is really important is that because we rely so heavily on free childcare during the week, especially from somebody who is not blood related to our children. Um, I have a very difficult time asking for any like for my mom or for cassette or anybody else to watch our kids for free for the purposes of what would be babysitting to other people like going out. At night, not that we we're like big crazy people, but even having any kind of date night, it is, it is, it is hard down to like my bones to ask for help that way in a free. You've always free. had trouble asking for help. We should do an episode on that. Yeah, well, maybe. And then the other thing is, we just straight up can't afford to go on dates um, and ask and have pay fifty dollars for a babysitter for three hours or whatever. We uh, don't spend anywhere near. If it, I mean, paying fifty dollars for babysitting would be two thirds of the cost of us going out. Like we don't. We go to Denny's. We spend you know, fourteen fifty, and then add like, you know, three or four bucks a tip. And that is our like crazy night out. And so spending $50 on a babysitter is just not an option financially for us. Um, So we just don't do it. Yeah, but I think, and I don't know that we really discussed discussing this. That's something that you, that's why you have the village. That's I feel right, like I already rely on them so much to be able to work. Where, well, have you ever... When someone, one of your friends or your sister has asked you to watch their kids, have you ever thought, oh, what a burden? Oh, what a thing I don't want to do. Yeah, but they don't watch my kid. I mean. No, you never or, have. No. It's, it's not that it's not a burden, but you worry a lot about how other people would feel put upon by watching your kids. And you never feel put upon watching other but people's I, kids. I mean, not that my other friends don't love kids, but I particularly love kids. That's my thing. Our kids are particularly lovable. Well, that's true. But I just really like being around my niece and nephew. I really like being around um, one other kid that I spend a lot of time with. I liked, I like to keep those relationships open with those kids. It's important to me to have them. So to me, when somebody gives me their kid, the value is as much to me as it is to their kid because I get to maintain that relationship with that kid, which is what I want, especially with my niece and nephew and, and our God kids and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think that's part of it for other people too, is, is we're part of their village and they want to build relationships with us um, because these are important people. The people who are part of our village are important to us for a lot of reasons. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
it's just very hard. And and one of the things we've made more of an effort to go on dates. And the one thing, the dates that we have gone on, almost all of them, and it's really true, and it's something I'm so thankful for, is the the one person who is our like super like free babysitter for dates is your mom, um, because she does not get to spend nearly the amount of time that my ki- my mom gets to spend with the kids. So when she's here, she doesn't want us around anyway. She just wants the kids to herself. And so I feel so free to spend time with you. Um, and I'm really thankful for that because I like I don't feel the guilt with regard to your mom because your mom, um, it's so special to her to spend time with the kids. So the reality is that even though I have been able to work um, at one point full time and now 25 hours a week, which I just did as a decision because 40 and having the kids was miserable. I have been a pseudo stay at home mom. I'd be called myself a work at home mom, um, but I've always had a significant amount of time with the kids every single day. Um, and I want to talk about real quick the reason that we chose to do that. One of them was that we you could to. we yes, but we <laughs> but before even that because there's a lot of people that want to, we could financially swing it. Um, like I said, we can't pay for a babysitter now, um, but on balance, um, the things that we go without um, are worth were worth it to me to be with the kids. Um, and you're right, the main thing was I did want to, and that part is part of the thing of um, I. I love um, the hands-on, um, long grind part of being a mom. I love it with my own kids. I love to spend that kind of bonding time with other kids. That's just my personality, and that's that's who I am. And I'm glad that I could make that dream come true. Well, and there was one point where we talked about having you stay home um, because... Uh, I was unemployed. You were unemployed. <laughs> unemployed. And um, I was so desperate to have kids that I was willing to work while you stayed home with them because I just didn't see a future for us where where I was going to be able to stay at home and we you were the one that said like trust and wait and wait like wait for I what you really want I wisely used it as an excuse to not have children before I was ready Yeah well, whatever um but it was the right choice and I'm so glad that we did wait like there was a plan uh, Okay so the first um the first big topic is who is a part of our village? And I don't mean name by name, though we are going to kind of go name by name in a little bit. Um, but the question is, like, who, how do we determine um, who gets a- access to the two best children on the planet Earth? So the first thing that we consider is, um, like, the first priority or the first, um, the best attribute would be if somebody loves our kids. Um, and it's like Jesus prioritized love. And so do we. Um, we have a different definition, though, I think, because our mean? definition of love is willingness to watch our kids <laughs> um, for free. I mean, that's how we ended up with our, our church grandma is you literally said out loud, I need help with my kids. And she said, here I am. Yeah, you're right. That is a different kind of love than, um, oh, I love Dane and Levi. That's I'm going to it's an act. It was an act of love that brought us together. So it is similar. Um, but but to, she does love Dana. Now she does. And I'm sure, I mean, if, anyway, so here's the scripture. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, not the love is one, but 13, one through three. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. And if I have a prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And if I give all away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. 
And the whole idea is like, no matter how great of a model someone is, or how great of a teacher someone is, or how great of a caretaker someone is, um, if there's not love in it, it's, it, it doesn't have the same uh, effect in forming the kid. And so we are lucky to have, we're lucky to have family a lot close by yeah. and then other extraneous love well, people. I mean, right, wherever God is love and anyone who loves knows God, and right? Yeah, that and is. And so, like, there's that, even though we do have friends and family who aren't necessarily believers, who, but they love our children, they show love, and they act love out in the world, and that's showing them God and God's love in a different way, and that they can be a part of that world and find love there. Yeah. And um, so the other the second thing that we would consider is what I've decided the, the easiest way to do is call them fruity people. Um, and that is people who are filled with the Holy Spirit um, and who their fruit, it shows through their fruit. So people who are, huh, there it is, love, uh, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, um, faithful, gentle and self-controlled. Having fruits pe- of the spirit. Yes, from Galatians 5. The greatest um, of these is love. Hey, yeah. we just talked about that. Yeah, but I'm saying, but it's more like, <laughs> I just think of, especially some of these that like we don't exhibit very well, um, like... Uh, Patience. No, you're... Peace. I'm, peace, I would say. We're very loving and joyful. Well, our kids are like confused that we're always, like even when we are totally in agreement, when the two of us get riled up about something, um, even if it's something that we're excited about and not mad about... Um, it's not a peaceful, um, we're not a peaceful family. <laughs> um, we get loud, we get enthusiastic, we get, um, overexcited and, and Dane picks up on it and is like, don't fight. And we're like, we are not fighting. Like we literally have said more than once. We are not fighting. We are so not fighting. We are talking, we are so excited about the same thing, but it's not peaceful. And it's nice to have peaceful people <laughs> yes. are around our kids. Um, but I mean, if you just think of like, well, what, like, if you're thinking of like, what 12 year old kind of babysitter would you want with your family? Uh, someone who is loving, someone who is joyful, someone who is peaceful, someone who is patient, someone who's kind. This is like the definition of the perfect babysitter um, or the perfect <laughs> character. I mean, it's like. You can look to the Bible for anything. Well, and the fruits of the spirit, that makes sense because, right, it's it's ways of um, of manifesting God's love um, and manifesting God's character. And so it makes sense that you would want your kids around that. Um, but it's just kind of a good guideline, I think, of who should be around my kids. Well, look at the fruits of the spirit and see, is this something that manifests itself in that person? Um, and I think that that is um, that's kind of our, our second criteria. Um, the third one, though, is when we get a little bit more um, into the practice of our faith is um, we surround our kids with people who are great models of uh, Christian faith and um, people who model Christian faith. Well, we did promise, right? When we baptized our children, we literally stood up and said, we promise to God and everyone in front of us that we will raise our children in God's church amongst God's faithful people. We made that promise. Um, The Bible also tells us, right, you should raise your children and in, keep the Lord's law in your heart and impress it upon your children, right? And raise them amongst God's faithful people. Where does it say that, Joel? Uh, in, I'm going to say Deuteronomy. 
Did you just throw that out there? You know the Bible. You can just Google scripture now. You don't have to look it up in the book if you don't want to. Anyways, I think it is important to surround children with examples of faithful people. I was going to say godly people, but it's not godly people because a lot of them aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, present company excluded, of course. <laughs> right. But a lot of them aren't perfect. And it's good for our children to see that, that it comes in all shapes and sizes and all, you know, every attitude, every behavior, you know, like, all these. Uh, like the kids' godparents, for example. Who are quiet, calm people. Yeah. It, it's part of the reason we chose them is because they are so faithful. They are so. Um, their life is so rooted in their faith. I mean, um, their godfather is a pastor and their godmother is probably the better Christian of the two of them. And, and, but they're very quiet, thoughtful, like just kind of that internalized faith that we're, we don't model very well. Yeah. It, um, their godfather's mother when we were younger, we would describe her as Mr. Rogers if he were calm and polite. <laughs> and they're just very, and, they're like, they just and do. And my mother has never been described as calm. I love her. She's amazing. But again, <laughs> she will agree with you to the point that other people. She's a bouncy ball in a bathroom stall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's good to show our kids that, hey, especially our eldest, who's a little more cautious yeah emotionally i guess um he's calmer he's very calm he showing him like look it's okay that's a good way to be yeah you don't have to be like mom and dad you can be however you want (laughs) and you can still show god's love and you can still take care of others in your way and Mm -hmm. it might be better yes the next topic besides who so that when we talked about who we talked about people who are um who love who show love people who uh, manifest the fruits of the spirit and um, people who model their Christian faith for our kids. But the other question is not just who, but like, why do, why do we need a village? Why do we share our kids um, with other people? Um, And, and the reason I put it as why do we share our kids is because part of it is for our benefit and part of it is for their benefit. Um, You know, growing up, my mom used to read us a book called Just Five Minutes. <laughs> and it was a book about a mother elephant who wanted to take a bath just for five minutes. And of course she can't because her children end up coming in and reading her stories and they want to get in the bathtub and they want to play the saxophone and they want to do show her their dance and they end up all getting in the tub. And so mother elephant gets out of the tub and goes downstairs to see if she can drink tea for just five minutes. And like mother elephant, I think we all sometimes need just Five minutes, uh, either to ourselves or with each other to get back to do our real check in where we really sit down with each other and hold hands for five minutes or watch a TV show or, or go to or dinner. record a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think and I really think it is more about each other because I think you are and I think you're like a the best spouse in the world at giving Agree. about giving me my time to rest um, because I do spend a lot of the grind time with them all day, every day, doing all the pee cleanup and all of the, like every sippy cup that I fill and all that stuff. And so sometimes I just need, when I do need the break, you're very good at giving it. But it really, the first thing that I think is it's, it's the marriage investment. Um, if you are making your kids the center of your universe and neglecting your marriage, um, that's a real 
that's going to be a problem for you down the line and probably a problem for you pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And it, it will end up hurting the kids in the long run because they won't see that solid foundation. So they won't have an example of a solid relationship. They won't have that solid relationship backing them up. Right. That relationship helps the children and also keeps you sane and keeps your relationship strong. Because, yeah, you've only got 18 years with them and you've got 60, 70 with your spouse. Um, so Maybe 80 you, if you're lucky. We would be very old. But here's the scripture I pulled out. And it was, this is almost sort of a joke to get off on the next part of the conversation. But it's uh, Matthew 19, 5 and 6. Therefore, a man shall leave his mother and his father, or sorry, his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What, therefore, God has joined together, let no man separate. And when I think about that, I think, is that man a little four-year-old man that crawls into my bed at night? It literally and separates us. <laughs> like, like, I don't. Physically. Like, it's, like, you think of that as being some, like, big force or some sort of thing, like, man in the general sense. But I picture probably more likely than not that the, the oh, I'm sorry, for us in particular, the hardest strain on our marriage has been, um, the demands of small children. In fact, I feel like we're in such a better place than we were um, a year ago just because having a nursing kid is... Neither of us does well without sleep. Oh, it was just... It, yeah, I mean, we would try so hard to support each other, but when you don't have the sleep to turn on your nice filter and be kind to your spouse, it's just really hard to get along. Um, so... So there's that. Um, if you don't have your village, you lose track of each other. You become stressed beyond capacity and you you risk run the risk of losing each other um, or modeling um, kind of parallel living to your kids, which is not the greatest either, because you want them to have a meaningful and connected relationship with their own spouse. Yeah. But we also need to refresh our relationship with God. Yeah. And um like it opens us up to pursue God's call in our life. So God has a place for us in the kingdom. He has a plan for us. And, and parent, parenting is part of his plan for me. Um, that job, and for you, um, that job of forming our two kids and um, modeling a, you know, their Christian faith and teaching them how to live in it um, is obviously important. But parenting is like such a, it's just one of the pieces of that role and that call that he has. And if you use the burden of parenting as an excuse to ignore God's call um, because you're unwilling to rely on other people or you're unwilling to trust other people. When God asks us to live in community, then you're really, I mean, that's just, that's just disobedience. Well, and it's not going to be, again, it's not going to be good for you and your long-term health and your long-term relationship with God. And it's not going to be good for your kids, their long-term health, their long-term relationship with God. They're not going to get that example. They're not going to have a parent who has that strong relationship and that strong support. It hurts everyone. And so besides marriage investment and um, opening you up to pursue your call, um, the God's call in your life, the other thing is those are the two that are kind of more about like how it opens you up. But then there's two about how it um, prepares and forms them. And one of them is um, by separating yourself or separating. I think this is a bigger issue for moms, um, that moms make their life all about their kids. And then um, the kids' primary relationship became is between them and their mom instead of between them and God. And I get that like when they're babies and they have those immediate needs that like you don't have to be like, no, child, cry in your corner so that you can develop your relationship with God. But as they grow and develop, um, giving them the space to um, 
become the person that God is calling them to be and giving them the space to develop a relationship with God that is separate from their relationship with you um, is important. And if you're holding on to the care of them all the time and controlling every part of their 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 um, emotional health, yeah, or their um, experience, then um, they're not going to develop that independent relationship with God that is apart from you. Um, because I mean, when they grow up, it is them and God. It is not. It is not Dane and mommy. It is not Levi and mommy. It is Levi and God and Dane and God. And then um, that's the primary relationship. And I think giving them the space through um, experiencing and being cared for by other adults gives them the space to grow in that way. Because someday they will grow up and they will leave their father and mother and unite with their wives. Or whoever they do or whoever they don't marry. Um, the important relationship is that relationship with God. And then whatever else happens to them in their life, never else they connect to in their lives, they're fine. So the next thing we wanted to do is kind of a fun um, person by person. We wanted to talk about the people in our village and what we love or what we appreciate about that individual person and what they bring into our kids' lives. And just to be clear, when we talk about this village, we're talking about really people who provide care for our kids. We have a lot of adults in our life that are great models and are around our kids, but that's just not the list of people we're talking about. And that's not really who we're talking about in this podcast. We decided that was a whole other podcast, um, the families that are around us. So, um, all right, let's start with your mom. With my mom, I, I, the thing that I love about her is the way that she creates great experiences for the kids. Um, not only does she like help us to pay for some things um, that they wouldn't otherwise be able to do, like vacations and swim lessons and just helps us in that way. But that's not even what it is. It's more this, like when holidays come, she decorates the house in a way that makes it borderline magic and just overdoes everything so that there are these really great experiences. And I think she creates kind of, we all make fun of her, we call it her picture, but she creates like a magical time. And I think that that's the the special thing that she brings to their life. Okay, now do your mom. My mom gives them uh, love. She loves them more than even she knows how. And it's unconditional and it's absolute. And she just loves them to death. And I think that's the most important thing she brings. She also is just a, a ball of adventure. And when we go to grandma's house, it is the woods and the beach and the, it's always moving and, <laughs> and mom having half a heart attack every time they leave the house. <laughs> yeah really dangerous things like walking along the sand yeah yeah um, i'm not an so, adventurous person so it's a great thing to add um cassette is yours okay she gives them stability and calmness and that weekly when they see her it is a consistent and and wonderful love that she gives them. And right now, Dane is three days a week at preschool. And so Levi gets one special day with just him and her where he gets to do whatever he wants. Uh, he gets to pick the TV shows and it's just the best. And she has just given them a wonderful example of someone who gives when they don't have to. Yes, I think. And I don't think they'll get that right now, but I think when they reflect on and we'll make sure that they understand how she cared for them um, without any obligation to do so, that that will be something that that I will continue to hammer into them for the rest of their lives. All right, enough freeloaders. Let's talk about people we pay to watch our children. <laughs> it's not, we have some freeloaders still. Um, one of them is Danae. Um, she's my sister's nanny. And um, she is... Um, 
she is so calm. We give our kids to calm people. <laughs> we think they need a break from us. But this is a woman who just, she'll have all four kids in the house, which they love going over to be with their cousins anyway. And she just handles it. And I have never seen her look even remotely flustered um, by the chaos that happens. And I just feel so lucky to have a like uh, somebody kind of who's on the payroll that is so competent and but also just um just she she is the the fruits of the spirit that um patient that good that peaceful she just kind of glows with it and i'm so thankful we have her too all right next would be our high school babysitters who's not who, a high schooler anymore i i'm not going to say their names oh um we have a couple of them who we use and they both are a wonderful example of a young people who are faithful and kind and giving and fun and you can be fun and have fun at church and you can be cool and go to church and you can be young and be at church and be faithful. And I, I, and think, I think that's a great example that the kids get from them. One of the important things is one of them is a young man, um, which I don't think there's, I had male babysitters as a kid and I loved them. Um, um, they were just so fun and it was so interesting to have, cause I think we, almost all caretakers that tend to be women. So to have male ca- caretakers, I think that that's very lucky and to have a cr- young Christian man, um, helping take care of your kids and be a part of their lives. I think that has value as well. Um, All right, what about your sister and brother-in-law? Well, so that is like another one. My sister, um, my sister just has that like adoration for our kids that like you want when your kids go to someone else, be like to know how special they are. Um, and she, she like almost like a mom knows how special they are. Um, and then her husband is another one that is just like, a total rock of like great caretaking. Um, he is the opposite of you. He is. A, I thought you were going to say he he's is just a, gr- a total rock in that. I think he's literally made of rock. <laughs> he's like a great male role model. That is your like opposite in so many ways. Um, like he shares he's goodness. Tall, his abs are quiet, like actual rocks. stoic, oh. um, but he's so good. And he's such a, um, he's just a good presence to have in the kid's life as well. Um, speak. So somebody who's a little bit more like you in temperament. Um, what about your brother? My brother and his fiance at this point, they are not the calm uh, uncle. <laughs> he, I'm starting to notice a pattern. He walks in immediately, rips his shirt off, <laughs> and then the boys take their shirts off and they run around the house slapping their bellies, yelling, no shirts, no shirts. And that's the game they play. And it's it's great. He's he's the uncle who he is the goofball. We go to lunch and then they will disappear after lunch and we'll go next door to the sweet shop. And there they are getting cookies. And Uncle Seth buys them half a dozen cookies and they just off they go. And (laughs) and when they're alone with Jamie, Jamie, makes sure they're still alive at the end of it. Um, But she's also she's another one of those people that you're just like, I'm not going to say she's an annoyingly good person, but she kind of just like. It's okay, she won't listen to this. No, she is so good and she is so um they she are... is so compassionate. Yes. And having I'm so I'm so thankful your brother's marrying her because she is such a great role model for the kids. Speaking of compassion, more people we pay to watch our children. <laughs> um they're preschool. Um we just were so blessed to have our church um just relaunch our preschool and I am even more blessed that my best friend is yeah. one of the directors with our there. best friends running it it's great um, yeah the 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 head director is a 
actual ray of sunshine of a human being. She's like 4'11 and just like explodes with happiness. And then um, my best friend is like, she's the most like powerfully strong, godly, like Joel always makes fun of her, makes fun of me that I'm going to like leave him for her. But she is just so who I want to be around my kid. And I just love her so much. And I'm so glad that. And now you all see why I'm worried. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a love note to her on a constant basis. But she is just, um, she is like got Jesus, like filling up her brains and coming out her ears. And I'm so thankful that, that he gets to be around her. Yeah, and on that note, we also have our Sunday school teachers mm-hmm. who last but not least, certainly, um, Ms. Kirsten in, and our high schoolers who are, they're great. They, they play with the children. They read them stories. They are patient to a fault with them miss kirsten is another she's like yes. a quieter ray of sunshine but i am like she kind of just fell in the lap of uh of our staff and i am so glad that she did too <laughs> she's great all right i think we've talked about our friends long enough let's get to our next topic so that came up so today i don't even remember what we were doing um but dane saw somebody that was wearing like which embarrasses me in the first place that we saw something in one of the books we were reading of somebody in like stereotypically I like think it was one of those old Disney books. No, it wasn't, but but it could have been because we, we have, have those. Pretty... Yeah, we have like Hiawatha or whatever his name is. Well, let me but... let me give a little bit of background. Okay. So my parents, when they were little, watched a cartoon called Underdog. Great cartoon, has a great theme song. Look it up. Um, but apparently back in the day, they didn't have enough st- Story for a full 15 minute kids show. So they had three segments of underdog. And then between those, they'd have two smaller segments of other stories. And one of those was a general Custer versus the Indians cartoon that was not flattering to the American Indian and relied on a lot of, it was from the and 50s. And now forms the basis of our child's idea of what an American Indian is. Which led you to... So he he, he saw something that was like vaguely, um, it might have even been more legitimate, like um, Native American in one of our books. And he's like, that guy's an Indian. And I said, how did you know what an Indian is? Um, and he then he described the cartoon. You know that cartoon we watched at Nana Lala's? And I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, so... So I, I explained like <laughs> genocide to my child today, like in a very, I went out and got a book and we looked at a world map and Did I said, ex- I explained genocide I have, in an age appropriate way. Yes. I have this great <laughs> book called people. It's by Peter Spire and it does a very good job of just showing all of the different um, the way people look all over the world, the different cultures around the world, including like things like the way they dress and their language and their writing and their games. And it just literally is like almost like an encyclopedia, but it's done in a pretty um, uh, digestible way for somebody Dane's age. And so I kind of pulled out the world map part of it and was like, you know, people with our color skin, you know, a long time ago came from mostly this part of the world and we came across the ocean to this part of the world. But the sad thing is that when we came here, we didn't treat um, the people that already lived here very well. And those are the people that you were calling Indians. You know, we call them like American Indians or Native Americans. And the problem is when we came over here, we didn't treat them well and almost all of them died. <laughs> so so I, that I, came up. Yeah, that did come up. And um, I just, I just, part of me just wanted to gloss over um, and deal with it later. But 
I, that felt irresponsible. I felt like I didn't like say like, and the white people were terrible. And but, but like, I did need to bring up that, that that was a thing. Yeah. Well, and we do still watch underdog. We just skip the interstitials. All right, let's pray out. Dear God, thank you for our villages, uh, our villages near our villages, far our villages we're related to. And the villages we're not that you give to us that we're related to through you. Thank you for those people who love our children, who take care of our children, who love us and who we are able to, to love. Thank you for giving them to us and sending them to us so that we can become closer to you so that we can stay sane sometimes and get the break we need. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos pod at email.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.